0: Dear listeners,
1: this episode is special.
0: So for the full effect,
1: it's best you listen to it with headphones.
0: From know-how to wow. The Bosch Global Podcast.
1: Berlin, on the outskirts of the city, on a hill called Teufelsberg.
0: Devil's Mountain.
1: And at the top of Teufelsberg, there's an abandoned American listening station.
0: From the Cold War era.
1: And on the top of the building, there's a large white ball. A dome that once housed surveillance equipment.
0: But that's not the technology we're talking about today. Instead, pay attention to the sound.
1: The dome has very peculiar acoustic properties and what we're hearing are people experimenting with them. This was made with microphones that were placed in the recordist's ears. It captures the acoustics of the dome better than a standard recording. The recordist, by the way, is Nicolas Neck. Thank you for publishing this fantastic recording for everyone's use on the internet.
0: You see, our ears are a certain distance apart, and the shape of our ears modifies the sound that enters the ear canal. All of that helps us hear in three D. We can distinguish where a sound is coming from, not only from the left, hello, and the right, hello. But also, is it coming from in front of us? Hello! Or behind us? Hello! Even whether it's coming from below? Hello! Or above us? Hello?
1: And recordings like the ones from the Teufelsberg we were listening to, called, by the way, a binaural recording, captures the spatial aspect of the sound much better than a regular stereo recording. Because when you listen to it with headphones the sound that enters your ear canals is almost identical to the sound that entered the recordist ear canals.
0: One thing is different though. When you turn your head, the sound turns with you as opposed to the real world where your perception changes when you move. But new technology is available to solve that also. Head tracking sensors in your headphones.
1: We are talking about this special feature of Bosch's BHI 360 sensor today.
0: Welcome to our first episode in 2023. Happy New Year. I think at least once a year, we can say our full names on the show for those listeners who recently joined our subscriber base. Right, Shuko?
1: I think it's a good idea.
0: Welcome, everyone. My name is Jeff Kastaitis, and I am with IT Security and Compliance with Bosch.
1: And I'm Shuko Charlotte-Rose. I'm the Executive Assistant to the President and CEO of ETAS, a Bosch subsidiary.
0: And welcome to your new job, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's fresh, right?
1: Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to the new year.
0: Congratulations.
1: But Jeff, going back to the podcast, do you have a memorable sound experience? Anything that doesn't translate well in recordings or with headphones?
0: Actually, Shuko, I really do. Last episode, we had a little guest with my dog, Crypto. (laughs) And a couple months ago, we were taking him through a walk in some caves in Iowa And when he barked inside the cave, that was something to hear. He sounded much bigger than the (laughs) 70 pounds that he is.
1: But one of the reasons why those experiences are hard to replicate in recordings is that we like
2: to move. Usually if you have your headphone and the voice or the music would be kind of static, so the direction of the source remains all the time the same. Ye Lu, our colleague at Bosch Sensortech. Everybody calls her Kimmy, by the way. So you can also call me Kimmy. Kimmy has worked on solving this. Whatever you, uh, in which direction your head is moving, the music source or the voice would be also adjusted according to that.
0: Some listeners may even have headphones or earbuds that use the technology that Kimmy and her team have developed. In fact, I'm very sure that a lot of you have them.
1: You definitely need some special hardware in your
2: headphones to make it work. A couple of sensors is enough. Normally, the device would include one IMU inside, which is the inertial measurement unit. And that contains one accelerometer and one gyroscope.
0: That's a new acronym for most of us. IMU, Inertial Measurement Unit. As always, with the back catalog of our show now 30 episodes strong, we have covered those sensors before. If you want to learn more about how they work, go back to our MEMS episode. It's called MEMS. With all technical senses, you find the link in our show notes.
1: Bottom line is, those sensors detect when you turn or tilt your head, and by how much. And then they pass that information onto the device, or app, that is creating the audio signal. There, the audio signal gets modified depending on the input from the sensors.
0: It's a shame that we can't really demonstrate this here, because not everybody has the necessary devices. But maybe we can demonstrate the basic principle. For this to work, all you need is regular headphones.
1: So we're trying to mimic the effect.
0: We can try. Shuko, do you want to be my guinea pig?
1: I'd be more than honored to be your guinea pig,
0: (laughs) sure. Thank you very much. And listeners, please join us. What we're going to do is our wonderful sound engineer, Sylvan, is going to play a sound that is coming from in front of us. Can you hear it?
1: Front And center.
0: Now I'm going to count to three like this. One, two, three. And between one and three, you slowly turn your head as far as you can to the left. Got it. Okay, but no cheating. Never. And also, all of our listeners who can do this, of course, without risk. One, two, three.
1: Okay, now the sound is. Mostly in my right ear.
0: Perfect. Let's do it one more time for everyone who missed it. Look straight ahead. Now the sound is coming straight at you, into both your ears. Get ready to turn your head to the left. One, two, three.
1: Yeah, you kind of get the impression that the sound remains static in the room while you turn your head, kind of.
0: Of course, it's nothing compared to what sensors and algorithms can do.
1: Of course not. And also, they can much more than just change the music or movie sound you're hearing. The 3D audio is uh, just one application you can use. Once you have the head
2: rotation information, you can use it for many other applications as well. Normally, if you're working in modern office, you would have several screens, right? Maybe three or four screens even. Jeff... (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, if you count the smartphone, it's four for me.
2: (laughs) So I'm not going to count my smartphone, so I'm looking at two screens on my desk. Now, if you're looking at, for example, the screen on the left side, that screen would be highlighted and the other screen would be kind of darked down.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So you see, you can dim the other screens based on what you're looking at and your head rotation. That's pretty
2: smart. Or, for example, you can think about if you're in the museum and you have a lot of... um, paintings on the wall and you have a headset with you, which gives you the explanation of each painting, right? And uh, based on where you are looking at, it could automatically send you the right information, for example. So one of the most interesting applications to me is selective noise
1: cancellation.
2: Yeah, exactly. That is also one thing. So the idea that you use noise
1: cancellation in your headphones to eliminate environmental sounds Perhaps to be able to
2: better focus, you know, on a task? If you are, let's say, looking at one direction where you actually want to get more attention on that part and the noise cancelling from that direction would not happen. Oh, that's neat. Those are just some ideas. You know, it's up to the
1: device manufacturer what they want to use the sensors and Kimmy's head orientation information
0: for. But of course, the dominant use case today is audio. Streaming services offer movies and music that works with 3D audio headphones. Also, virtual reality headsets use head tracking, of course. So in VR, you can also experience spatial sound. But it's not always perfect. When done well though, spatial sound in virtual reality can make the experience much more realistic. So says Constantin Pop.
3: I think it's a completely different experience. So it really has to do with where you feel like the sounds are in space. So instead of being as if they're coming from your head or they're inside your head, they suddenly come from the outside. And it feels, in a way, a lot more realistic. Constantin is a sound designer and researcher.
0: At the University of York, he researches spatial audio for virtual reality. He suggests that sounds should be arranged in a virtual environment just like objects.
3: What my work is trying to solve is that we say, okay, every sound we hear in the virtual environment is actually an object which I can interact with. And that is a bit difficult to achieve, but that's the goal. And the advantage of that is that it becomes essentially more believable and reduces sensory conflict, as in that there's a disagreement between what you see and what you hear and what you can do, essentially.
1: And you want to minimize those sensory conflicts to not destroy the illusion that you're actually in this virtual world. Exactly. But haven't VR designers or game designers in that sense done that? Like when there's, let's say, a stream and I go closer to the stream, then surely I would hear it louder.
0: To some extent, yes. But they might have cheated a little bit because they didn't really (laughs) expect you to go closer. Okay. And if you do it right, it's much more than just loudness. Constantin makes a really interesting scenario.
3: So imagine you have two rooms and you're seeing the other room through an open door. And in that other room, there's a sound slightly off-center. You don't really see the sound, but you hear it. And now the problem is, how do you simulate that the sound is coming from that position of the other room you're not in, that it sounds like it's coming through the door but, like, how it would be in real life. And this is extremely tricky. So, this needs really advanced algorithms, which are currently developing to make it sound that believable.
0: Our sound designer, Sylvan, just tried to build that sound environment that Constantin described. But it's very cumbersome to do by hand pick the right filters and settings and so on. And then it's still not completely realistic. What Constantin envisions is that game engines modify the sound themselves. 3D sound algorithms can be used as
3: plugins in
0: game engines, he says.
3: This has the advantage that you can then use the physics system of the game engine and map data from the game engine to the sounds to make the sound behave more more realistic. And I think this is one of the opportunities of using game engines with sound. And this is also how suddenly using game engine changes the way of thinking in sounds. Because, yeah, you suddenly have the physics and you can just... Play with that and use that.
1: Got it. Makes sense to arrange sounds in a 3D space that way. And then simulate what the player is supposed to hear.
3: The
0: catch is that this needs additional computing power. So far in game development and in VR development, the focus has been on the visuals, on the graphics. And now Konstantin comes and says, hey, give me some of that processing power to create some fancy sounds too.
3: But science is on his side. And that has been proven in the study, actually, like, If the spatial sound is more accurate, people have a competitive advantage.
0: Bad 3D sound can be very confusing for gamers. But spatial sound, done right, can help you win games and have an overall more fun and more realistic experience.
1: Being a gamer, I definitely want to try this now.
0: Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Step one, get some head-tracking equipped headphones.
1: Step two, calibrate them.
0: Whoop, hang on. What do you mean? Are they not plug-and-play?
1: Um, we made it sound pretty easy earlier, but actually tracking your head position accurately is much trickier than you'd think. Luckily, Kimi has spent a lot of time and brain power on getting it right.
0: Well, let's hear some more about that.
1: So the underlying problem is, um, for example, my ear is different from yours. Everyone has a different ear shape. And if the sensors are built into earbuds you don't know how the earbuds will sit in a user's ear.
2: But Kimmy can use the sensors themselves to figure it out. With help of them, you can basically do a sensor fusion to estimate the device or the sensor orientation. So problem solved? Jeff. (laughs) The most important part becomes to how you can translate or transform this device orientation to head orientation the headphones still don't know
1: if your head is currently orientated perfectly straight and leveled
2: or not. That means you need to estimate misalignment or the coordinate system transformation between the sensor coordinate system and the head coordinate system.
0: Okay, sure. They need to align because otherwise the sound you're hearing is misaligned as well. And that would obviously impact the performance in your game.
1: Now, you might ask yourself, what is my head coordinate system?
2: Y-axis coming from the center of your head and going out from your nose. And the x-axis is going out from your right ear. And the z-axis is then going upwards.
0: (laughs) Okay, so out of my nose, out of my right ear, and upwards. So it great.
2: It's a two-step process. Firstly, the user should stay very straight and for one or two seconds. That way the z-axis is aligned with gravity.
0: And that's the one coming out of the roof of my skull.
2: (laughs) We have the nature on the earth that we have gravity, so that is a very good thing that we can make use of. The inertia measurement
1: unit, so this was the IMU, can measure gravity, Mm -hmm. so it knows where up and down is.
0: And if, say, I'm standing very straight right now, then the sensor can determine the difference And figure out the misalignment.
1: That's the easy part. But just the z-axis is not enough. The challenging part is to determine
2: the heading. So that is the tricky part to estimate the head orientation just based on the sensor signal. How do you tell the sensor how you're orientated? You can tell the user, okay, now stand straight forward, uh, looking straight forward and looking just in the direction of the north. If you would look north, you would align perfectly with the horizontal earth coordinate system that the magnetometer is measuring. But that is not that user-friendly, because you cannot require the user every time when they wear the earphone to know where is the north.
0: Do I need a compass for step two?
2: (laughs) No. (laughs) And and that would be quite complicated to use. See, Kimmy's also thinking about you, Jeff. Mm -hmm. No compass is (laughs) needed. Kimmy's
1: team found a smart way to do it. Here's how it works. You're simply asked to nod your head when you calibrate the sensors.
2: We ask the user in the second step to do a very simple movement, uh, at first upwards and then down. A very simple nodding movement takes maybe one or two seconds. And then we can get completely the head misalignment.
0: (laughs) That is actually really clever.
1: Yep. Wow. When you nod your head, it's immediately clear to the sensor which direction you're facing. That's enough information for Kimmy to calculate a transformation matrix. Put simply, a factor that corrects the sensor signal for you, the sensor actually sits on your head.
0: Can we translate that to audio? Can we make it audible? <laughs> Sylvan, let's have a soundscape with some sounds placed all around us. If you please. Imagine you are playing a game with your smart head-tracking headphones. The next level is starting. And a mysterious door is opening in front of you. Did you realize it, Shuko?
3: Mm,
1: Yep.
0: The door isn't located in the very center. That means you haven't calibrated your sensors properly. So now let's say we do that. Okay. Stand straight for two seconds. Nod. Yep. Thank you. Now the misalignment can be calculated and a transformation matrix applied. Everything shifts by a few degrees. Subtle, but okay, I think I heard it.
1: It's virtual reality without the visuals. Did we just invent the future of podcasting?
0: <laughs> V-casting.
1: <laughs> but let's get back to Kimmy. Because after they came up with this idea of using the nodding movement to determine the
2: heading, she wanted to know how well it works. We did a measurement with a reference system that you can use to compare, to have a reference for orientation.
0: How can I picture this reference system?
2: It's
1: similar to what you might have seen in the making of a fantasy movie. So you know where an actor in, in a green or black suit with markers poses to play a monster or, you know, a werewolf or something like that?
0: Oh, you mean like a motion capture system?
1: Yeah, exactly. That is the case. It looks very funny. (laughs) So there's a camera system that tracks the markers and, based on them, provides a reference coordinate
2: system. And then we will compare that reference with our outputs of the algorithms. And then basically from that we can get the orientation accuracy of the head orientation algorithms.
0: And I trust Kimmy. I'm sure the accuracy turned out to be great.
2: Jeff, Kimmy is a Bosch engineer. So
1: not to brag on her behalf, but the accuracy was excellent. Of course. Much better than expected. Actually, the performance is really, really quite quite good. It's actually surprisingly good. I mean unbelievable good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Great.
1: I'm not even exaggerating because when they tested the accuracy of similar sensors in other contexts, for instance, game controllers. If it wasn't on the same level, there's
2: always some kind of error. So that is kind of surprising us at the beginning, but after we analyze, okay, that is because based on the limitation of the movement on the head, that is also expected.
1: Your head movement is much more restricted compared to how you move a game controller. That reduces the error and increases the accuracy. But this was a lab test. In the real world, things often look a little different.
2: Yeah, the biggest challenge that we had, that sometimes the calibration just failed. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I know. Uh, The two-step calibration, standing straight and nodding. When users don't do it perfectly, it can fail. You need to ensure that the user is exactly doing that, what you want them to do, but mostly you cannot control that. So it sounds silly, but some users are simply not nodding correctly. But just imagine you're not perfectly doing that. You're maybe nodding your head also to left or right somehow. (laughs) And the axis would be slightly wrong.
0: (laughs) So Kimmy is getting introduced to a classic problem that we have in enterprise IT, users. (laughs) So I really feel for her in this. Everything looked perfect and now you've got someone getting in the way of your sensors.
2: Just take the user out of the equation. Kimmy's next step, find out if there is any automatic way to do this uh, misalignment calibration or to have this get this misalignment transformation.
0: Ah, yes, automate it.
2: Jeff, you have to be a little bit
1: patient. This is something Kimmy and her team are currently working on. So we're talking about cutting edge research. But they have some ideas that look very promising.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure they'll figure it out.
1: Totally. Again, we're talking about our Bosch engineers. That's right. So we can now look forward to next-generation head-tracking devices that don't need calibration anymore. They just do some measuring and some calculations all by themselves to determine their orientation, and you're good.
0: I mean, honestly, who really would have thought that it could be so tricky to figure out where the line between my ears is or the imaginary axis that comes out of my nose?
1: And who would have thought how important it is to get that right?
0: 3D audio with head tracking is a fascinating technology, creating a really immersive experience.
1: I'm curious to see what other applications will be on the market in the future. Head tracking for noise cancellation sounds really interesting, too.
0: Dear listeners, we're putting a wrap on this episode.
1: Until next time. And hey, if you want to hear more from Kimmy and nerd out a little bit about how she made head rotation estimation work so well, we have something special for you.
0: Wait for it. Hi. I am Jeff's voice avatar. I am the presenter of the AI hosted Deep Dive. As Shuko said, if you want to hear more about head tracking and if you want to dive deeper into our future topics, now is the time to subscribe to the show and not miss the next Deep Dive episode. Later this month, I will bring you more about head tracking on this feed. Stay tuned. From know-how to wow. The Bosch Global Podcast.